Straight out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews and all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. Hey guys, welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar. We're back with a brand new episode, and the fact that we're actually bringing you new episodes means more content, and we're just very happy to bring you the content. Let's just do it like that. Before we get carried away and introduce our guest this week, we are going to thank our sponsors, and of course, Signet Coca-Cola. We can thank the Manaf, especially Guy Bobadano, Nadi Fava, and of course the Roger who just not, they don't just back us all the way with what we do, they, they've been firm believers in what we do, which is very important. Uh, for us, it's the coup, and we're just very flattered that they continue to give us that boost, that trust, and to have the show sponsored by Coca-Cola for us is a big deal. It should be to other people as well. But anyway, that's, en- that's enough about the sponsorship, or other sponsors, brother. And the fact that we get carried away, like like we talk about our normal lives and obviously how we get, go to go to our go around about, about them on our day to day. But we're actually very flattered when we can actually talk to somebody who's going to come on now. And the fact that she's done a lot of stuff in the last few years, I've seen the evolution. Of her, I, I like to think not as much as when she's moved over to the UK. Obviously, I've only heard it. But when you see the, the evolution of a musician from the moment they started, perhaps to the moments where they are now, it's a beautiful thing. So I think pretty, pretty much, I think people can figure out what I'm talking about here. But at the same time, I'll introduce it anyway. So I'd like to welcome Holly Wuhada. Holly, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, that was a really sweet introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, all the truth, the evolution of things is incredible. Oh, thank you. Actually, it's, it's funny because I think um, being from Gibraltar, especially, you get to see the evolution of everyone um, in like a really, in a really beautiful way because we're all just very close and very connected. So that's that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> well, that's the truth. That's all we can say. Yeah, yeah. 
So Holly, before we get carried away, all we're going to ask you is how are you doing? And more than anything else, what's your earliest musical memory that you remember growing up? How am I doing? I'm doing good. I mean, um, the state of the world is a bit of a question mark, um, but I, I've, you know, I've been surviving and throughout everything I've had, uh, you know, a gentle but steady stream of work coming in, which I'm very thankful for. And um, yeah, overall, I'd say that I'm pretty, pretty good at the moment. Um, what is my earliest musical memory? Um, let me think. <laughs> I feel like just music as a whole, just my earliest memories, I think, are actually just um, kind of all the music that I was introduced to when I was a, a wee little kid, just um, driving in the car through Spain with my parents. And I have like such fond memories of all the different radio stations that we'd cross and all the different styles of music that would be on offer that we'd just kind of drive past effectively. Um, and yeah, specific to me though, I'm not sure. I feel like my earliest musical memories is me singing and my brother telling me to stop. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was quite annoying. I think I still am, really. So, what's that? <laughs> well, that's a beautiful one. Sometimes every negative sentence for positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you remember liking pretty much like when it came to your, came to your music taste? Like, what did you find in your travels, I suppose, or, in, or even in your travels, but that was around that pretty much caught your, caught your ear and your attention? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in like the internet wasn't so much of a thing so I feel like everything that I kind of um was drawn to I kind of stumbled upon in just weird and wonderful ways um I remember <laughs> I remember like what what probably actually shaped a lot of my music now um even though I write a lot of different styles especially for film is I remember walking into um, VJ and uh, just thinking, I'm going to buy an album. And it was my first ever album. Hadn't ever bought anything. And I actually didn't know most, I, I, must, I must have been like 12 maybe? I don't know, super young. And I just picked up a Slayer album. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this looks cool. And then that kind of started um, all my... Um, I mean, you know, love for the genre, but then just all my all my teenage angst that was to follow. <laughs> well, you couldn't be wrong, in, or even couldn't be more, more mistaken with Slayer. Obviously, at the end of the day, regardless of if you're into the genre, everyone knows who Slayer is. Everyone shouts it at concerts. Go on, don't ask me why. It's like, oh, anybody wants any request, and the first thing everyone says is Slayer. <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember someone saying that, that they were taking requests and someone just shouted to say, I can't remember even who it was. <laughs> but it does happen. I mean, but I think someone's trying to be funny because obviously people do what the genre is. But I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you, you chose big uh, giants of that genre. So you could, at, the, at the end of the day, 
It's true. It's true. My my youthful ears were just like, what is this? What is this sorcery? Because, like, as I say, going through, like, you know, like driving in the car, radio stations, it was more like, more commercial type of music, which was really interesting to hear all the different styles and that, especially. But that was obviously very left field. <laughs> and yeah. I loved it. It was great. It's just, uh... it's always good. I mean, for what you do for a living now, I think it's, it's, it, even back then, it's very important to be diverse, I suppose. And yeah. the fact that you can listen to, like, it's like a Spotify playlist or iTunes or whatever. If you can combine Bob Marley and then it jumps to the Eagles, for example, <laughs> there's no greater feeling sometimes. Obviously, if the, song, the, the songs, the tracks, uh, or, and the music is good, it's not going to matter. You know, I think yeah. we live in Wilson and we have a very diverse culture as well. So the fact that we have all these... Um, religions and obviously all these races around us all the influences has a lot to do with it i suppose yeah it's very true and i've actually because i'm i'm always asked by people like oh what are you listening to at the moment and things and i'm i'm actually one of those people that as you say like i will hop from track to track that can tend to be in completely different genres but um i've been listening to them since the dawn of time and then there's like a few things that creep in that I've discovered and I'm just like oh this is incredible and then but I stay with like the same songs yeah. for ugh, more than a decade I don't get bored of them which is great I think it's it's wonderful but uh I mean, the classics never die they just do like that they don't do they they don't <laughs> I mean I listen I, I like I I'm always a bit in a, in a bit of a tip with a lot of people because I think I still listen to the same stuff more as to when I was 14 like like if you tell me you're going to play Bowling for Soup, for example. Just, you know, I, I'll always play Girl on the Back, I swear, because it's the one everyone knows. But it's yeah, the one I always go good to. Memories. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones I always go to. Like, like if I want to listen to something, like they'll remind me of a fun, fun memory or something. Of course, Mana and all, the, all these other, other great bands and artists that came along the way. But the ones that I loved back then are the ones I always listen to. And I, like we say, if you just play them again or play them with headphones and you just get lost completely you know and that's yeah. what music does it's a it's a beautiful journey it's amazing yeah you mentioned that bowling for soup track and i like it's incredible like how it can just bring such an element of nostalgia i was literally just um taken back to like I think it's like I always used to listen to that track when I was like in the car as a kid waiting for um a takeaway from Almadina <laughs> <laughs> it's like so such a specific memory, but it's like. <laughs> well, you're always in for Medina, and you're listening to Bowling for Soup, which is a great combination. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but besides, um, like the elements of listening to all these great, um, all this great music, and then into suppose creating that pattern, and then going into music yourself. What was it about pretty much guitar, or you know, even finding out? not really finding out but having the talent to actually be able to sing and etc what was that journey like for you at the beginning uh oh it was tempestuous <laughs> it was not it was not easy you know um i feel like it was i mean i've always loved music um but i was a really shy kid actually 
And I feel like music brought me out of my shell a lot, but it was it was really difficult to kind of come to the terms with this thing that I love to do. Um, that I was, you know, like slowly growing in confidence in, but at the same time, you know, I was very new to it and developing. It was it was really difficult to build up the courage to kind of realize and then, you know, um, carry it out effectively that what I, if I wanted people to hear what I was doing, what I was passionate about, I would have to completely go out of my element and go on stage and, you know, kind of just completely 180 from like my character. Um, and I think that was really difficult. And then I feel like my vocals, especially when I listen back to tracks, even from like a year ago, I just, I can see the development and I, yeah. it's, it's funny. Cause I think when you don't have those markers, maybe, and someone kind of hears you when you're like in your present state and they're like oh I really like what you do like the journey behind it I mean like really I feel like I've been studying my whole life for my career and I that it will never really stop um and I'm hoping that my voice will just get better and better um but it's it's an interesting one because it's the journey's it's quite difficult and I mean, like, I play guitar, but I wouldn't really say that I'm a guitarist. Um, and because that I feel like I've focused mainly on vocals, and I feel like each instrument in themselves is an art form. And yeah. I would never insult any actual guitarists to say that I myself am a guitarist. I just kind of like blag it. Um, but the journey's been difficult for many reasons. And I think my character's been one of them and it's been challenged a lot but I think it's been character building and I wouldn't have it any other way really because I'm quite content I would say with where I'm at and where I'm going and really it's all down to music I had this like insatiable thirst to do it and yeah it's it's been an interesting one and yeah. the most important thing is with that journey then and you actually pinpointed on something which is more important than anything else, that you never stop learning, no matter how much you do, mm. how much you accomplish, you'll never stop learning at the end of the day. Definitely. And I mean, that is one of the reasons that I love writing for film, because every single project that I do is is a journey, almost literally, because it's usually a narrative. But then it's also an education, because I'm working with different people, different characters. They always want a different style of music, how the music interacts with the story itself is always going to be different and it's just fun i like waking up every day and having a completely different thing to do that's always going to keep me guessing which is is nice it keeps me on my toes absolutely how did you go on about wanting to learn to play, play the guitar obviously in school we taught uh, piano and, and guitar but how did that come about obviously after school like that you wanted to come maybe music at a gcse level and to take it further mm, yeah um so i mean i think 
because I had like a really big interest in music and then obviously it comes to GCC and A-levels and you know all these things that you're interested in everyone tries to like get you to focus and hone into what you want to do and I think I think the educational side of it was a big part of me going right yeah because I mean I was quite academic um and I had the choice in theory I don't know how well I would have done in the end but I had the choice to potentially do something more in that realm or to go down the arts and I'm very lucky that my mother was just like do precisely what you feel is right for you and in the end that was definitely the arts and so I it's an interesting one because I, for the most part, am self-taught with pretty much everything. And GCSEs were all right because it was kind of an introduction to um, everything. Um, and it was a lot lighter, at least when I was doing it. Um, like the things they would ask were just, you know, a lot more basic and then you go into a levels and i my whole world was flipped upside down it actually was a little off-putting for me with music um because i was kind of really instinctual with it and i just liked to write and just kind of feel things out and then i was <laughs> faced with all this theory and i mean i'd done piano lessons but i'd always end up going off on a tangent kind of just playing the wrong thing <laughs> And the theory side of things where like I obviously really do use it nowadays to a degree it was never what made me passionate about it um so I yeah I did my A-levels and I think I got I, I got a C for music and you know now I'm doing it as a career <laughs> it's unreal um, pardon it's unreal when that happens yeah I mean it's 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 a weird one because I feel like with education as a whole there's like a a way in which it's set up so that you know it caters to the masses but it really doesn't cater towards everyone and everyone is very different and I feel like it really especially with music it really didn't quite work for me because it was it was yeah quite regimented and just yeah a lot of like things that and skills that I had to cultivate within two years that really you take a lifetime. Yeah. Like listening skills, being able to like, not even perfect pitch, but um, oh, what's it called? Relative pitch where you can hear a note and then and like intervals and pretty much tell what they are. I'm terrible at that even to this day, <laughs> but that was in like the exams and like, Oh, it was difficult. Um, but yeah, from that, I kind of decided to persevere, even though it wasn't the best um, experience for me. And I ended up doing a music production course in Leeds College of Music, which was great because it had a lot of technology aspects to it. But it also was compositional. And it was kind of there that I I'd pretty much done like a pop writing course and I'd done an electronic one, an electroacoustic, and then I decided there was a film, like a module, and I could take it or leave it. And I just thought, well, it's the first year. If I'm horrendous at it, it doesn't count towards my grade. So why not? Just why not? And it's really funny because I did that. I think I got like 
95 out of 100 as well, which was a nice confident boost considering I had no idea what I was doing. And I was, but some, like a light bulb just clicked in my head and it was music, but in a way that I hadn't experienced writing before. And it just aligned with me so perfectly. And from then on, I mean, I pretty much focused entirely on it for the next two years. And then I did a master's specializing in it and I've been doing it ever since. And the most important thing is, apart from the fact that you, you take all these courses and obviously you get to learn the ropes in many different aspects of the music world. But do you do you feel that maybe now, even if you hadn't obviously done the composing, it comes, in, comes hand in hand, but maybe you could have worked in a studio and maybe even develop somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm always... I'm always happy to talk to anyone that wants some advice because I feel like had, especially when I think about education, I was never told, like, you know, you, you get older, oh, you know, with music you can be a songwriter, you can be a session musician. No one ever told me, have you considered film? Um, so I'm always, like, more than happy to speak to anyone that might be interested in it because I feel like if I, because I, I completely stumbled into it and realized it's what I wanted to do absolutely head first but I I think had someone gone consider this a lot earlier on I wonder where I'd be now I don't know you never know I could hate it <laughs> but um yeah I've I've done like a couple of small mentorships here and there um and I'm more than happy to um I would love to help some people out and develop themselves really as I don't know how much help I could be but it would it would be great because I feel like those are the informative years that can really kind of sculpt you yeah and that's the best way to go on about it I suppose yeah and I mean I would say that though I stumbled into it later than I would like it has felt like a very natural progression and I think all the tools that I learned from singing from hopping from different instruments and just playing around and being in bands and stuff I feel like that really has in many ways cultivated what my sound is now as a composer so I can't really complain <laughs> let's just say that you've been fortunate yeah definitely in a good way Let's take you back a little. You mentioned overcoming shyness, I suppose. Not even overcoming shyness, but to pretty much get out there to perhaps try and overcome it. And obviously, Rock and the Rock, is, well, the Cavern Club is to Liverpool, Rock and the Rock is to us, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and that's the best way to, I can describe Rock and the Rock to a lot of people. But I mean, that, uh, the fact that we have a place like Rock and the Rock, I'm not, I'm not speaking as in we because I'm not a musician. But the mm. fact that we we can go to Rock and Rock, or musicians can go to Rock and Rock, and if you want to perform, no ifs, no buts, you have a stage there to perform on. How welcoming was that as, as, at a very early age for you? Yeah, that Rock and the Rock was, it's hard to even really measure how much it impacted my musical, um, everything, my career, my just influences, just everything. It was definitely the place where I really got to kind of go through that emotional journey and that character build of going on stage 
and trying things and and I kind of was on stage at Rock and the Rock in, in various forms on my own and like a duo in the bands. So yeah, that was kind of like just the place for me. And I kind of owe almost everything to it because I feel like had I not had that space and it's a very safe beautiful and welcoming space as well um had I not had that I don't know whether without being able to kind of exercise and slowly cultivate that um you know skill I I don't know whether I would have even felt confident enough to then pursue it further I mean because because me going to rock on the rock and seeing other bands perform and seeing, you know, how vibrant they are and how they even just interacting with audiences stuff and then doing it myself. All of that was such a boost to even then make that decision to do GCCs, to do A-levels and, and then everything else that followed on from that. And I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that I'm a natural performer even to this day, to be honest. I feel like I want people to hear what I'm up to so I go on stage and do it um, and hope that people enjoy it and they can kind of exist in this space with me for a bit. Um, but I feel like Rock on the Rock is, is, is the kind of the reason that I feel like even comfortable in doing that because I, it's difficult to do, I think, for anyone, but... Yeah. I don't know, unless you do it, I don't know if you know how like difficult it actually is. I mean, different personality types as well, but it is just kind of like, just really stripping yourself bare and just like, you know, presenting yourself in a really just, oh. I think there was some yeah, things about the I'm just like, I'm feeling all the emotions. So I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> But I do I think, I love it as well. It's a, it's, it's like a really nuanced, difficult one for me because I love performing, but yeah. it is very much kind of out of my safety zone, which I really like doing as well. But yeah, with that comes a lot of, you know, a lot of just nuanced emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the most beautiful thing about Rock and the Rock is like you mentioned, the fact that it gives you that, that boost. Obviously, you watch other bands, and to to watch other bands and even singer songwriters these days to do it with ease, I suppose. But to mm-hmm. witness, or not even witness, to have an Alan and Mad, which I think, besides his BEM, will never get enough credit for what he's done for the local music, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I mean, besides that, to have him as, as a sort of mentor, if that makes any sense. But it's not even being a mentor; it's someone who actually believes. You were good enough to be on his stage, and not only to be good enough to perform yeah. on the stage, but to elevate you to that next level. And it's very apparent, uh, apparent, very current when you can actually go back like you've done before for to be a judge or a singer, sunrise or anything of that magnitude. Yeah. Be credited for what you've done, and the fact that Rock and the Rock pretty much created what your, your career has become, and. And we've talked about the evolution before in the intro, but it's the same thing with this. I think people and Alan is very grateful to have seen from where you from where you were the first moment you stepped on that stage 
to where you've gone on to do now, pretty much. Yeah, you're totally right. Actually, I mean, it is it 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 is it does feel a bit like a kind of like mental style thing, but then it's also just when someone has the confidence in you to be like, yes, you know, go onto this stage. That is actually, yeah, I didn't, I didn't kind of clock it, but that is a big part of you kind of giving yourself the confidence to do it. It's like, oh, this person believes in me. And, you know, this like rock and the rock is their baby. Um, like, you know, maybe, maybe they're right. <laughs> I mean, I think. And just, you know, quiet all the question mark voices that are floating around. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm always very flattered, and not even flattered, but every time I like I talk about you, but whenever I see that evolution from people like Leila Rojeda, for example, mm. and you see the, like she was performing there the first time she, she was around 14, 15, and then she's going on to, she's almost going to be 18 soon, and to see the rise, I suppose, and then to yeah. see like the evolution and the development that they go through, and to have like we talk about Alan, but like same way he's done it to you, he's done it to many. And to give you that boost, and even with us, you know, we, we go to Rock on the Rock, we're obviously now through, due to the global pandemic, there's not much going on, only on the weekly basis on a Saturday. And, but we don't, thanks to both of them, not just Alan, but we, we go to Rock on the Rock, we we, we obviously sit down with Alan and Gene, we talk, we, we, we have conversations. But the fact that we can actually go and cover an event, you know, and it's always so welcoming, it's, it's like going home. I always say it's like going yeah. home to my parents. That's what it feels like to me. And yeah, because and, at the end of the day, it's like where I've grown up, where it's the only place where I want to be when I'm out, for example. Not, nothing against yeah. other places, yeah, but it's very cool to, like you mentioned, all, all different uh, people of, of all walks of life can actually end up at Rock and Rock and listen to. If you listen to electronic music, you can be there. If you listen to mm. country, you can be there. You know, it's, it's no, no labels. Is the best way to go on about it. Yeah, it's true. It does feel it does quite feel like going home, and it 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 just feels like a really safe space. I mean, every, like I'm I'm quite unlucky in the fact that every time I've been to Jib recently, it's been like quite short bursts, so I haven't even really properly been able to go out. But it's always just like. What's up with Rock and the Rock? Is it open? How's it doing? It's just like trying to like go there and kind of. It's funny because when I go there as well, I pretty much catch up with like just so many faces that I've grown up with that I. It's just it. It really is like going into like home, just like yeah. family house. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like everything else in life. You have to be there to believe it. At the end of the day, yeah. and to see the, the embracing and, and, and the embrace that, and, and that when people allow themselves to embrace what Alan and Gina have done for for local music, and I think Gina will be very upset when I mention her. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> the fact that you, yeah, not just you, but a lot of people, you know, and can actually credit Rock and the Rock for not just launching their careers, but to just have the, that stage, no ifs, no buts. You you want to perform country? Here's your stage. You want to they uh, try music events, for example. Those still happen at Rock on the Rock. You know, it's it, it's just so welcoming, so homey, and it's just great to go back over time. 
Yeah, it is amazing. Man, I'm getting such nostalgia. I wanna I wanna go back. <laughs> but also, you know, this COVID isn't there. So I I was in Gibraltar briefly for my mother's 60th actually i surprised her a few weeks back and i saw rock uh, i saw rock on the rock on the street i saw um alan on the street and he was just telling me how everything's going and it does it's great to hear that things are happening but like yeah there's so many like rules and regulations it's going to be interesting to see yeah how things develop hopefully it will go back to normal eventually um but it's great to hear that some things are happening and like he's kind of setting up gigs as and when he can um yeah which is not surprising because you know <laughs> salad i don't know which finds a way i think that's the best way to sum it up yeah yeah, uh, yeah. we will see but if there's a world there's a way definitely and he will do it which is you yeah. know yeah and holly when we talk about that obviously that's progress i suppose and then to even before you went off to uni, obviously you recorded an EP and everything else. Tell us about that process. What was that like for you to step into a studio and actually record your first EP? How surreal was it? Was it a good thing? Obviously the negative side sometimes, because obviously it is quite tiring. I think people think, probably just think a studio is walking in, recording a bit and going home, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because that EP that I recorded, it was, I mean, classic. It was very like budget recording kind of thing. And um, it was recorded in like a lot of different locations, loads of different parts. Half, most of it was live musicians. And then some of it was MIDI and sampled instruments. And then I had a few people in UK doing things. So it was a really great learning experience. But um, and I mean, luckily, when I did my bachelor's, they kind of had studios, so many studios just on tap. It was just the facilities were amazing. So I'd had that experience. But when I did my my EP, I didn't really go into a studio. It was kind of more like, what can I get done with like a few choice people and kind of figuring it out that way. And it's funny because... I mean, when I can get into a studio and when the budgets allow, I I love to because it's such a, a great atmosphere um, for creativity. But and obviously just uh, when they have just like the most glorious microphones, it's just like great to just stand and stare in awe and wonder. Um, but but yeah, I feel like because especially with my career and kind of climbing this ladder of slowly getting bigger budgets, bigger projects. Uh, a lot of the time, I basically, how it works is I get a sum of money that's the music budget and then I allocate things. But a lot of the time, the budgets are really small. So I have to really think about where I'm going to spend what. And I mean, more often than not, it's people coming to my home studio to record and kind of, figuring out the best ways to get the best sound out of this and that. And what I've discovered is that recording that EP in the way that I did really informed kind of how I write at the moment, which is because I, I know a lot of people end up using samples pre-existing. They're getting really, really amazing and they sound, you know, they're recorded in the best studios in the world. But I find that everyone, not everyone, 
but you know you kind of you can start as a composer at least you can can start actually pinpointing what samples they've used and you can like a lot of things start to sound the same to me and which is like what I'm always trying to avoid with my work so I found that even bringing one person in recording them even if it's in a space that has a bit of a question mark of like a sound in the room itself and you can hear it in the recording sometimes that adds to such a uniqueness to the sound yeah. and it's it's yours it's it's never going to be replicated it's not in a computer in a sample pack that you can like pull out and just use the notes and there's something really genuine and beautiful about that and i'm always i'm always trying to now when i record things maybe process them, in a, process them in a strange way so that like the sound is just a bit left field or getting an instrument and that's maybe like, uh, I don't know, um, I have like the backboard of a piano, which is kind of like an upright. And then I, it was, it was an upright that was in a skip and I, it was destroyed but I managed to save part of it by kind of breaking off all the stri all the um, the keys at the front, and I was left with the strings and the internal workings of the piano, and that is incredible. Um, just using it as, as to like play on the actual strings themselves, but even as a percussive instrument because it resonates in a really beautiful way. So I'm always just looking for things to that can kind of inspire me in a way. Yeah. And I feel like that EP, I didn't record too much of it in studios. It was more like in practice rooms and different spaces like that. But I'm I'm really happy with the results, actually. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. end product was worth it. Let's just do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's like we mentioned, even though it's amazing the way technology is, for example, that you can... You mentioned that you can record it in a rehearsal space. You probably even have sometimes. I know of a lot of bands that actually use the have the phones that probably at the other side of the room, and they mm -hmm. just like leave it on on play and yeah. and then record, and they just stop like rehearsing, and then they hear it back, and they're like, "Oh, this sounds a bit off," or maybe we can do a bit better there, for example. But it's yeah, I yeah. Suppose it's that uh, not not even uh, an evolution. I suppose more than important thing as well, anything else, it's noticing and wanting to improve from your own faults and no, it's not even wanting to improve at the same time you just, obviously because what you've done is get get up there and be professional if that makes any sense but i mean you yeah. it has to be faultless no matter what you know that's it can't just be m messing around i mean business is business fun is fun and but when you have this project i suppose and or this ep or anything of that nature it's a product of what you want to achieve and for people to become more aware as to what you're doing. And then once mm -hmm. it's out there, like, like recently, I, I discovered a plethora of, of local music that I've probably never even listened to before. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that pretty much falls under the radar. But when yeah. you rem then you go back on it or even remember your EP, for example, you're like, oh, wow, she actually did this, but you actually have forgotten perhaps about it. And, or, even just going back to listen to listening to it to see, like we said at the beginning, like to see how much your voice has changed from the moments you recorded the EP to present day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that for quite a long time now, where I get the phone 
in a room and I just kind of place it as far away from the drums as possible because otherwise you just can't hear anything. Yeah, and uh, it's good because I feel like when I am, I'm quite bad at multitasking. So I've found that when I'm like in a rehearsal room and I'm singing and that, I kind of get so into it that sometimes I really get lost in like, wait, what are we doing here? We're trying to like, hone this we're trying to like develop that holly you've just sung the song and kind of just like <laughs> disappeared into like the void of, of like the music um so it's really great to be able to go back and then kind of evaluate what you've done how you've gotten better and to, yeah technology has advanced so much like there's been times where i've been able to set up microphones in like a small like studio space that's been free and kind of just jam into that with some people which is really fun as well because then you've got relatively decent recordings too and it's just like like back in the day you couldn't even like dream of doing that it's just like you know <laughs> got to be focused technology just keeps advancing <laughs> yeah yeah incredible. which is great but when i do yeah when i think about it's it's great to have that ep because when i think about just to have something tangible for sure. But then I also think about when I listen to it and just how much my voice has changed. It's, yeah. it's a lot <laughs> and it's great. I, I hear myself and I'm just like, God, I sounded so cute then <laughs> and like innocent <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's that's, funny. That's like, part of the process. Yeah. I, Cause I, cause I, you know, with the you know Slayer and all of that being my introduction, like I clearly developed a, a very strong love for rock and metal and all of that. So it's kind of been quite natural to me, I think, to want to develop my voice in like the deeper tones and the more rugged tones. But at that point, I hadn't really clocked that that's what I the, the direction I wanted to go in. I was kind of only just discovering it. So my voice was my voice then was actually coming out of writing things that I kind of thought the world wanted to hear as opposed to writing things that I really liked. And that EP was the first time that I'd kind of gone, wait, I should be writing things that I want to hear in the world and hopefully people will resonate with that, pun intended, rather than the reverse where I'm just writing things because I think people want to hear it. Yeah. So it's interesting because that EP was the start of that and where I've gone now, where I've been more kind of conscious of the direction I've wanted to go in, the the jump in my voice has been quite a leap, which is great. I think if from even one year to the next two years, if you can look back on work you've done and been like, even just be like, oh God, that, that was trash. <laughs> I think it's good because in that moment in time, you thought that, piece was brilliant and if you looked back now and you think I peaked that's the best I'm ever going to do then I mean great that you had a peak but also I feel like at least for me it's it's always this as I said like continued knowledge and learning so I'm always wanting to feel like I'm developing and advancing and I feel like that's a good sign to know that you have where you look back at things and you're like Okay, I would do that differently now. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like everything else. Like it, and when you seem to like go back on it, or even like you know, learn from a mistake or anything else. I think more than anything else is 
you what you realize more your evolution because of the things you've achieved and obviously it's, it's no there's no shortage of accomplishments with what, the things that you've done but i mean in when you go back and you probably reminisce and think my god i can't believe i performed or we like we talk about the ep but i recorded this ep the next thing you know six five years later you actually like releasing or actually not even releasing being a part of Doctor Who and obviously the Bastards, uh, the two Bastards. That's the <laughs> things that we've done after that. It's amazing how that, how that has actually happened in, in short amounts of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm really really fortunate. I mean, because I I did my bachelor's and I I realized that's when I wanted to do film and I came back to Jib. Um, because I had found a specific course that I wanted to do a master's on in film. And I was just like, it's this or nothing, because nothing else kind of like their ethos really resonate with me. And just like they have the same mentality I do about music and film. And I mean, I'm so lucky that I got in because that was pretty much the catalyst for everything. The my I developed a portfolio there and was able to work in the industry whilst doing this um course and then just like that developed my confidence because I kind of realized then that I was like oh I can actually do this <laughs> okay yeah. cool um and my graduation animation was the BAFTA winning um film so I mean that's kind of kind of just like been the catalyst for everything else that's followed and I feel like yeah it's just crazy because I guess it has been quite a short amount of time it's felt long though <laughs> yeah obviously the process makes it longer I suppose yeah yeah and I feel like it's funny because what I I very much love the different aspects of music that I'm in where I have like my side projects that I'm writing music for me and then I have film um where I'm you know serving just the narrative and the story that I'm, I'm I'm working to um but it's it's such an interesting difference that with film I mean a lot of the time unless I'm in a studio with other musicians it is quite a solitary thing because I'm at home writing in my studio and it's funny that I've kind of gone from originally doing music and going out you know into the wilderness of gigging and kind of being on a stage um and then develop this passion for that and then the the career that I've got now it's actually more like insular and um yeah just just me as a singular entity doing it on my own for the most part and now I crave going out and being on stage with my band and it's like it's 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 music's lovely because it's there's so many different types of of it and of ways of writing for different things as well and yeah. i'm so happy to have these two different avenues that kind of they inform each other but they're so different they're so different and it's funny that now i'm just like just waiting to to gig <laughs> i think more importantly it feels it's like having a, a double identity if that makes any sense it's like you've got hollywood the one that's actually composing behind the scenes but then you've got holly april who's the person mm -hmm. that actually goes on stage and performs for example yeah pretty much it's it's a funny one i don't know if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I remember a few years ago, I was actually talking to someone and there was like, obviously, the first part of thought for me is my day job, of course. But then when people um, see me with my camera or even like when I record these podcasts and I put them online and etc. And people are like, what did you both for me? You know, why well, because I'm, I'm so used to reading yourself, but to put it in like the, the text to the voice or voice to, uh, or anything else. Yeah. Like, why? It's like, well, because I'm always very surprised that you can actually do both these things. It's not very, it's not the same to some level, but they're always amazed as to how much GLMS does and then what I do on my day job as well. But I mean, it's two different mm. things together. But the same yeah. kind, it's all connected. You know, we've been very lucky to work with a lot of great people along the way. We, like, and we see like the progress and the fact that we can get out there and say like when you did the Doctor Who stuff, the same way like when you won the BAFTAs. And obviously the fact that we can actually just say, oh, Holly won this and we just straight away it's going to be on the page, you know, sort of thing. But mm. it's it's very gratifying for us in that sense because uh, like we, we talk about alter ego, but at the same time when people pretty much see what you do or, or at least not not only realize that they notice with that we do it with good intentions. It's all for the benefit of local music. You know we don't look back and yeah, as to what we do. We've done a, a lot of great stuff and there's more to come to, to that as well. But I suppose it's going to be the same thing for you, especially because you're so young as well and to have accomplished all these things so young is great I suppose yeah yeah I mean it's funny because I feel like you're totally right it's it's kind of like this like duality of parts and it's I think they are fulfilling in different ways and they they all kind of feel necessary kind of like to whomever you are whatever you do like kind of just like your entity and just like feeling contentment in life and that really um and I feel like that is probably true for everyone hopefully you know we all have our things that we truly love and they kind of give us some joy in this way it's just funny that like basically <laughs> it's just music and people are like what else do you do um I sketch, <laughs> I draw <laughs> occasionally, um, but that's it. It's uh, just music. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm about, this, I suppose, and it keeps you grounded and uh, more than anything else. Yeah, it definitely does, and I think I definitely say um, with film, especially, it really keeps me grounded because it's what makes it so different to writing my own music is that with my own music. I'm basically just writing it for myself, which comes with a whole other bunch of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. difficulty. Because it's like, okay, well, this is my, is this, is this right? <laughs> but um, yeah, with film, I just love it because you kind of have to entirely strip any sort of ego. You're you're not writing music for yourself. You're serving this. Um, entity and you're trying to basically do what's best for it and it's just funny because when I started it was a very new experience to because you know you write your own things and you have like people that you go to that will give you like genuine constructive criticism and it's always healthy and you but you can take it or leave it because effectively it's it's your work and you can do it precisely what you want with it but with film it's 
it's a lot more like you can you could have written something that you think is the best thing you've ever done but the director might come back and be like mm, it doesn't quite work for the scene like it's not landing like emotionally um and, and yeah. then you have to tweak it and it's i found it really really fun actually <laughs> i don't know whether i'm just like you know masochistic well, that's the experience of walking in a cloud if that makes any sense, when you get to see the pro not, not just your work put into film, but I mean to see perhaps like it could be a movie scene, it could be a trailer, an advert, it could be anything. But to see or hear rather, to actually hear your voice and something to accompany it like a certain scene is it must be very gratifying. And more than anything that it's gratifying, it's like is that really me? You know, kind of thing. It's it's one of those surreal moments in life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really gratifying. And I feel like a lot of what's gratifying about it is that, I mean, what has been amazing about, you know, Doctor Who and like BAFTA and all of that is, is mainly the trust that people give me to be working on their projects. Because with film, most of these projects are going on, you know, for years even, especially from like the very start of the, you know, introduction of the initial idea that then becomes a script and then kind of moves on and develops from that it's like people that bring you on for their projects especially directors and that they this is their baby they've been doing it for a very long time and they you know have so much love for it so to just even be considered for these projects and then to see them do so well it is wonderful um and it's just really wonderful that people would want me to be on their projects because yeah. they think I will I will heighten it and do it justice. And yeah, it's great. It's like a whole a whole like world of emotions that kind of crops up when you see something doing well that you've kind of played any sort of part in. Definitely. And more importantly anything else, like it's not just to see or hear, like we mentioned before, but I think at the end of the day, it's it's added to your CV, and if that makes any sense, because at the end of the day, mm. if you can actually do this for Doctor Who, or uh, not that anybody can get into Doctor Who, it's far from it, it's very difficult, but the fact that you can actually be approached by uh, the creators of Doctor Who, too, or even people that work and do the film scores and the music scores for, for mm. that particular series, but the fact that they can actually come up to you and say, look, Holly, this is what we want, and then to put the voice to this particular season or this particular episode mm. it must be a very surreal thing yeah it definitely is it definitely is and it's so it's so nice to have that realization that people have had you in mind even um <laughs> just yeah. to be like this is our project oh you know who would do like really do this justice it's holly and it's just like that's that's amazing because really that's that's where I want my career to go. I feel like I feel like touch wood, I'm doing relatively well, but I kind of want to keep climbing that ladder and doing more and more things and just developing that reputation with that increasing trust where people will have something in mind and hopefully 
my face will be on that light bulb that goes off in the head shining bright going yes we must hire her <laughs> um so it's great because that is that is the goal really um and you know freelancing is you know <laughs> a complex it's not as easy as people may think it is no i mean it's i'm a freelance, I'm a freelance journalist myself and when mm. people say to me oh you work from home oh how lucky you don't have to work, work, get up or go to work or whatever i'm like believe me it's not that easy yeah i think covid's actually been quite interesting to see how a lot of people respond to working from home because i've had the same thing where people are like oh you're so lucky you work from home and i actually love it for me personally it works very well with how i like to work um yeah. But it's not for everyone. It really isn't. And I've no. found a lot of my friends um, have kind of been like, I just want to go back to work. I'm just <laughs> working from home. It's like, I suppose oh. it's the routine of it all. Yeah, definitely. And I think also probably just escaping like your living space and having that division is quite big as well, especially if, if you maybe haven't had that so much before where it's been in the same space. Um, it's kind of it's a difficult one to get your head around for sure um, yeah. and that's the thing with freelancing I kind of I have my own routine I've developed it but then it's also kind of like keeping the accountability of really gunning for that and making sure that every day you're doing this when the it's very tempting to just you know put snooze on <laughs> <laughs> your alarm for like a, a little bit longer and it's just like you know, things won't get done um, yeah it's a difficult one, but yeah, it's it's it works very well. For like me. we said before, to every negative there's a positive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So before we get uh, carried away and we bid our farewells, we obviously the question we'd like to ask to a lot of people: mm -hmm. EP coming out soon, perhaps, and maybe even an album. And what are you working on at the moment? Oh my gosh! This yeah, actually divulge, of course. This is a heavy question, yeah, because I. I'm doing quite a lot of things and quite a lot of side projects as well. I'm pitching for some really exciting things as well that I can't talk about because um, NDAs have been signed and what have you. <laughs> they come after me, but... Um, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. It's like legally, I just can't. Sorry, guys. No, no. Soon, hopefully, fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, I... Um, I am currently midway through finishing. I don't know if I'm midway through. I'm probably not finishing yet. <laughs> it's hard to quantify, but I'm I'm kind of like midway through writing my own personal debut album, which is oh, it's been long. I feel like because people have been how long have you been working on it for? And in theory, you could say like a couple of years, but I kind of feel like it's just been my whole life. <laughs> which when I said before like when you're writing for yourself there's like a whole other like realm of like problems and in, in a way that can arise it's just like you're just I'm basically writing this writing exactly what I want to hear and it's just like every single sound just feels like it has so much weight to it um so it's taken a while <laughs> um and then I'm releasing a soon hopefully maybe in the next couple of months a little jazz ep where it's just stripped back guitar and vocals um with my guitarist that i work with in april 
um, where it's basically just a few jazz standards that I've basically been singing for about over a decade and I just love the songs. They kind of have been a part of my life um, and they've shaped me and the way I sing them has changed across my life and that development of my voice too. So I kind of wanted to release something that was vocal um, and that is what I'm doing. And it's funny as well because I do do a lot of session singing on the side for other composers. So I think it'll be fun for people to hear what I can do with my voice when I'm just doing it for myself, really. Um, and again, there's a lot of question marks there. So <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of months that will be out. And then I've got a few soundtrack albums as well that are on the way because I've been doing um, feature films more now, which is lovely because that's it's kind of like that's the development. You maybe do shorts and then you do like a few things here and there and then hopefully you get a feature and from that people trust you with more features and it kind of grows from that. So I'm kind of like midway through that process and I'm doing more features and I'm very fortunate to have been working on some films that have really allowed me to like they're, they're thrillers effectively and they're kind of psychological thrillers so they've really allowed me to experiment with sounds and instruments and and just play around and I'm really really happy with the soundtracks that have come out of them so there's a couple of soundtrack albums that are on the way too um hopefully in the next couple of months as well so Things should be coming out soon. Yeah, very good. Album. Who knows? <laughs> I'm like, you know, chipping away at it, but it's a journey and it's like a whole, it's a, it's a discovery as well. Not just musically, yeah. just like a lot of like emotional kind of like discovery too. Because also with that side of things, it's very lyrical as well. So the stuff I'm writing about is often quite, um therapeutic for me so it's interesting approaching that and songs that I wrote maybe like a year or two ago that have developed and like the things I was singing about a year or two ago that kind of resonate with me today but have a different uh, different like like spin on them now I guess with like looking back with clarity and oh there's a lot <laughs> yeah so are you busy yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy, which is good. It's how I like to If I'm not busy, the freelancer fear starts to creep in. So, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that, Holly. All we can do is pretty much wish you good luck, like we'll always do, and in everything that you do. And aside from the good luck, it's always great to hear not just the positives, but also that like, sometimes even the downside of all because you, you want to see how someone has actually started. And obviously, like you mentioned, like it was trying to overcome your shyness you step on the stage and, and I'm not saying you're not shy now but uh, that you overcome the shyness and to get this, this confidence to where it's led to you to your career pretty much yeah definitely I think I think it's always good to know and I think especially for when I was a lot younger and I would see people performing and it'd be like wow they're incredible you know especially at rock and rock and all that because we have so many amazing amazing beautiful talents that like go onto the stage and just completely you know look and appear as though they're doing it with complete ease it's very easy to look at them and be like my gosh how do you even 
begin to try and get to that level. Um, and I think it's always good to know that, you know, it's it's not easy and it is a journey and it's it's a journey that is one for a lifetime. And yeah. it's a beautiful journey at that. Yeah, it is, definitely. So Holly, all we can do is thank you for your time. It's been great yeah, to talk pleasure. to you. And actually, like more than anything, when you listen to the fact that uh, to your, the track that you did for Zofsu Who, the pose apart stuff, anything that you do, it's always great for us to to actually acknowledge the fact that not, that not just that we know you, but the fact that you're Gibraltarian and the fact that you're flying the Gibraltarian flag and the Gibraltar flag high wherever you go, for us it's a win-win. So yeah. kudos for that. And you know, we're all family. It's like, it's it's Gibraltar's, Gibraltar's the best because you go back and it's just like, you know, it's just amazing. Like it's a home that I, I don't, as you said, like before, unless you've been there and witnessed it, you just can't quite fathom it. I guess it's just, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about this. So we're going to play the five tracks towards the end. Yes. And like we said, thank you for your time, Holly. And we'll be back in two weeks again with a brand new episode. And the fact that we're going to bring you a, a new episode bi-weekly, it makes it more fun because it keeps the suspense alive as to who our next guest was going to be. We just drop them whenever they're ready. Let's just leave it at that. We don't really want to say that it's going to be uploaded on Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. Because at the end of the day, work life gets in the way. School's starting very soon as well. So that actually has uh, uh, keeps up most of the time, but in a good way. And then the fact that you, we don't want to promise anything, but we're just glad that people are very... And you listeners are very um, give us this great feedback to what we do, and it's a great project altogether. So we can thank our guests and people like Holly, especially. So we'll be back in two, and thank you for listening, and just enjoy the five tracks that Holly chose. I'm not going to even mention them. I just want you to listen to them. If you're curious as to what which songs they are, obviously they're all um, Holly, um, Holly, all of Holly's tracks. But if you want to know what which ones they are, we just put put the little playlist at the bottom. So again, Holly, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back in two weeks. Cute.
Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show wherever you access your podcasts by searching for GLMS Podcasts.